This is basically the story of a very weird and off-putting person who managed to become prime minister for a few weeks due to a combination of the Dunning-Kruger effect, dozens of years of an unregulated press telling scary stories to uh, whoever, and combined with a near fanatical devotion to Tufton Street, who was willing to do what nobody else would. She would finally govern Britain as a Tory. Mm. So, early life. Where did it all go so right? <laughs> oh, they actually, I have identified the point exactly where it happened. Oh, her um, joker moment. Uh, well, indeed. Uh, the Sauvignon Blanc joker. <laughs> Liz Truss at the breakfast table looking at an imported sausage. So, this she is... bought ecstasy from this guy named Paul Staines. <laughs> Didn't realize there was something wrong with it. Classic so, troublemaker, Paul Staines. So, this is an example of some bad writing. Mm-hmm. In the first 11 years of his, John Truss's daughter's life, the family would migrate on the whim of his university fellowship from Oxford to Warsaw, Kidderminster to Paisley, before eventually settling in Leeds, bar one year in Vancouver, Canada. This is, this is an Alan Partridge like intro. From this, Kidderminster this, this, to Paisley, Flitwick, Tiptree, Terrington St. Clement. <laughs> Just hit that word count, Harry. Well, <laughs> you gotta hit that word count, Harry. Oh, God, we had to take out all the hagiography. There's nothing left. <laughs> so if you were to read this book, which I don't recommend, mm. uh, then you are treated to a kind of catalog of ships focusing on the minutia of trust family life. Addresses, routes to school... <laughs> Asides about New Hall, Oxford. <laughs> Did you know that the Queen Mother turned up to the ribbon-cutting ceremony in 1965? I do. <laughs> it's in the book. Don't, I like the idea of doxing Liz Truss in the past. <laughs> Here is a list of every address she's ever lived at. If you own a time machine, you know what you must do. <laughs> um, I would now like uh, Milo to please read this next line in the voice that I know he knows it requires. What? Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was just checking which voice. I don't want to go. You don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's this one. Uh, <laughs> Leeds was almost a homecoming for Priscilla, who was born in 1946 in Bolton, just 50 minutes away in 1975 via the newly opened M62. <laughs> This book is so full of unintentional partridge more than Ian Duncan Smith's book. That isn't in... How is that not a joke? <laughs> that's, a, that's like perfectly written comedy. <laughs> I'm Grant Shapps and I'm just here to talk about the widening of the A67. <laughs> so her father found employment at the Paisley College of Technology and in 1979 took his family on the long journey up the M6 to Glasgow. <laughs> in case we're wondering how to get from Paisley to Glasgow in 1979, <laughs> you know, to understand the prime minister that fucked everything up. <laughs> oh, if she didn't take the M6, it would have all been different. I swear that's not where the M6 is. You think maybe... Doesn't the M6 go their... from, like, Birmingham to Manchester? I think they rushed their book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who drives around the country a lot, I just have some questions. Honestly, it's, it's great. He's like the motorways cuckold. He just knows every single... Mm. Harry As opposed is. to a different yeah. kind of cuckold. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying that he failed to Google Maps correctly? I think possibly. But does Google Maps have a time travel feature? <laughs> Can so, you check how to get somewhere in the late 70s? <laughs> so, regarding her time in Canada, 
Truss would compare her hiatus in Vancouver favorably against the education she received in the UK. The whole culture was people wanting to do well and succeed. They wanted to be top of the class. Going home and doing your homework was a good thing. When Leeds, it was the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) This this is actually one of my favorite things about Liz Truss, is her heavily disputed account of her school days, where she was constantly just being punched in the face by her teachers and called a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) What good school. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, do you know in Britain we import more than 70% of our dank buds <laughs> whereas in British Columbia they grow their own <laughs> so she then said trust enjoyed the patriotic and upbeat Canadian culture oh mm. Canada was sung every day in assembly she said excitedly <laughs> it, it was we did have to do that uh, sometimes in French I, never, I only knew it phonetically like sort of child ABBA uh, <laughs> Yeah, the Canadian head teacher would be uh, say something like, "Going out for a rip, bud," and then all the <laughs> all the children would have to reply, "Fuck yeah, bud." <laughs> it's, it's more, and that would be the end of the ceremony. It's more church, I think. I say, the, <laughs> this is like the Canadian catechism, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. Having a good Timmy's, are you, bud? <laughs> oh, and to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a good double double to you. So mm. this is in later years. She claimed her. <laughs> sorry, this is this is delightful. She claimed her political philosophy was based on the slogan of a local takeaway, saying... <laughs> no, no. Yes! Wait, wait yes. till you hear the slogan. Free delivery on any order of chips. <laughs> I would look at the Chinese restaurant over the road, she said, and the sign in the window said, "Eat, enjoy life, dine here often. And that just stuck, struck me. <laughs> Surely there could have been like, and if you don't like it, there's the door. I mean, just, come on. That just struck me. It's the philosophy I have now adapted to the way I live. To which I want to ask, how? Does she eat Mm. there often? (laughs) This is is like Essex Instagram mom who found the last box of Quaaludes. Like the one left on the planet and took all of them. And I, I buried honestly, underneath the sugar hut, the last box of Quaaludes. <laughs> the thing is, Wait, like, I don't understand. Is that? In, I, I know the answer to this, but is that interrogated in any way, shape, or form <laughs> by the two professional journalists writing this book? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! Oh, there's a bunch of other stuff that you're going to ask that question in a much more animated way too. <laughs> I know exactly what it's going to be too. Um, and also, like, I get like Taking drawing a profound philosophical conclusion from a mundane thing, but I just think this might be too mundane. Mm. It's like, hmm, employees must wash hands. Very wise. <laughs> this, this reminds me in the in my university faculty, there was a sign in the toilets that said, "Please wash your hands carefully," and they'd underlined one word in that sentence. Your. It was your. Yeah. <laughs> no. Which implied there was some fucking weird stuff <laughs> going on. And if she had taken that as her slogan, I'd have supported it. I'd be voting for it. I'd have no choice. Stick Brit- to your own fucking hands, perverts. <laughs> All employees of Britain must wash hands. It is my... I have a dream. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, somehow, despite the fact that she went to a school where most of the instruction was like a land acknowledgement and then getting bullied for being a nerd, bizarre how that happened. They like sent they sent uh, her to Oxford, and it Bully says land always was, always will be. <laughs> says the nerds are just guests. 
<laughs> it was at Merton College that Trust, the keen math student, would learn more about commerce and finance for the first time, later explaining to colleagues that that experience, quote, really made a difference to her outlook studying PPE. So that's, <laughs> that's where it all went wrong. A, a huge graph that just says pork. <laughs> just a line going up. Yeah. So we kind of like, we know then that she, look, she got the maths, um, but when she, to understand economics, business, and finance, she needed to take PPE. Mm. So if any of your expenses have gone up since October, you can directly attribute at least some of them to tutors in Merton College in 1990s Oxford. <laughs> you have lost a certain amount of money due to named individuals. <laughs> Their addresses are as follows. <laughs> Only in the past. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you were teaching at Merton College in the 70s, there's a high chance that you're dead now. There's a high chance 90s, you were dead 90s. then. 90s. Oh, sorry, in the 90s. Uh, she described her course as a real sort of, quote, penny drop moment for how the economy works and shapes politics. <laughs> and she did drop the penny and the pound. <laughs> to be absolutely fair to her. Mm. Saying, years later... That while she believed in personal freedom, she had never understood how business and the economy actually work. And, and she how never wished. <laughs> Imagine going on record and just saying that. Imagine uh, being professional journalists writing this book and being like, anyway, time not to really interrogate all of the things that kept her in power. Um, so... At Oxford, one of her tutors, Mark Steers, uh, recalled how her essays were, quote, self-consciously unconventional, and that when pressed and debated, she never backed down, insisting that her judgment mattered just as much as anyone else's, even though something was always interesting about her papers, but also frequently wrong. 